millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Herb Williams, George McGinnis, Joey Devine, Mel Daniels, Austin Crochet, Sean Keane, Bob Nettlenicky. Special guest, Kelly Dwyer. Musical guest, John Cougar Mellencamp. And now the host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi! What's up, Round Ball What the Rockers? Round Ball What the Fuckers? It's another episode of Round Ball Rock. How are you doing? It's me, your temporary non-Dave Schilling host, Joey Devine. And we've got a very special guest today from one of my favorite basket bloggers, uh, K. Don Hoops himself, Kelly Dwyer, is here. <laughs> Kelly, how are you doing? Thanks, fellas. Thanks for nailing that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I finally get my SNL introduction, and, and it's and it's uh, you know all of a sudden I'm back on the on the radio shock jock dial. Okay, that's, that's cool. All right, let's, let's... Make some snide comments. You guys would be shocked, or maybe not shocked, at the amount of music that I listen to on a given day that sounds like the SNL theme. Oh, really? <laughs> the 70s theme, or the, especially now the, like, the going away theme, you know, that big major key sort of jazzy gospel thing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. pretty much my jam every day, so I, I definitely appreciate that intro. Thanks for having me out, guys. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to play that SNL goodbye music at my own funeral. It's like, I want people to miss me, but I also want them to, like, hug and and mill around 
and say hi to each other awkwardly. Hold up a random sign. Hi, Sean, or, you know, get well soon, Sean. And it's some writer that, you know, has, <laughs> has his lip exploded or something yeah. like that. He couldn't make it past Tuesday night. I was I Again, was, you would not be shocked to find out that my wife knows that my funeral, one of the songs played at my funeral sounds shockingly exactly like the SNL theme. So I'm, I'm a step ahead of you, and I think you should join me. It's a song by the Crusaders, and, uh, you know, maybe you guys can tweet it out later. Okay. All right. <laughs> no problem. We'll tweet out anything you want us to, Kelly. I'm so bored. <laughs> Sean, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I performed at a county fair last weekend, and uh, I I worked for I worked a very weird job for a major online retailer yesterday. Uh, but I have signed an NDA. And cannot get into it, but it was uh, very so odd. So you're you signed an NDA about the county fair, like you can't talk about what Bachman Turner Overdrive is like. Uh, no, I can't say anything <laughs> about funnel cakes of what any are they kind. They put on their card. <laughs> I realized every county fair in America kind of looks the same. Like it doesn't matter what county you're in. So how many uh, Dreamcatchers did you buy? Uh, you know, I got my name and Joey and Dave's name all written on a single grain of rice. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I'm not, I don't want to jump the gun, but there's some airbrushed round ball rock merchandise. Solid. Um, don't get us, don't get the listeners hopes up for airbrushed merchandise. Sean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Net, I'm no better than the carnies. You're right. <laughs> Well, you did one time make that Ferris wheel that I lost my left arm on. That's true. So that and makes sense. That's why we host the podcast together as part <laughs> of the out-of-court settlement. Um, guys, should we talk about some basketball? Yeah, I guess. Indeed. Right? <laughs> In theory. All right. Uh, my daughter's coming home from her se- uh, first day of uh, sophomore year of high school as we speak right now, eating the trail mix that she made herself. Anyway, yeah, let's talk hoops. She made, wait, she made the trail mix herself? Okay, well, I may have made the trail mix. Jasmine, is that the trail mix I made or that you made? That you made. That I made, okay. How is it? You're on a podcast right now. <laughs> Great one, by the way, Round Ball Rock. How was your first day of high school and sophomore year, by the way? Sucks. Sucks? <laughs> okay, well, I got, after I'm done with you guys. You know I have Oh, I'm sorry. Then go, okay. then go move it out to the one that does have raisins and get ready for your job interview. Like, you don't have a lot going on. So anyway, <laughs> basketball. I have to say, my heart is broken by how early high school starts now. It's pretty. I think they like it this way. Are they? Do you, do you like it this way? Before going back early, or do you do you like it going back later in August? Later. Oh, they they don't like it this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, robot. Give us that news drop. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right. First things first, guys. Doc Rivers is out as GM of the Clippers. And now he has to go back to just motivating players by hiding money in the ceiling. That's... Um, (laughs) uh, Lawrence Frank is now in charge of the Clippers. Um, My main question for you guys about this is, doesn't it seem a little late 
in the process to be doing this. Oh, like after Chris Paul leaves, you yeah, Doc Rivers of his duties. <laughs> I mean, just after signing everyone, like they're basically done. Is it not a very corporate move to just sort of admit defeat like Steve Ballmer did and, and sort of just move? I mean, he, yeah, it's way, it's way too late, but, you know, these guys are used to, uh, you know, taking one on the chin very, very publicly. And, and I guess to his credit, he did that even in talking to, to Woj a couple of times we saw. Um, I mean, yeah, it's too late, but what are you going to do? Good on him. Yeah, it. I, I think it might it, – it's, it's weird to see this move without the accompanying um, – we added a year to his coaching contract or some other concession like we took away his power here but he's still he's still cool uh and <laughs> and they did not do that so i wonder i mean doc rivers has coached there for a long time as well so it might it might just have kind of run its course I don't know, but run it possibly. I mean, there's still other concessions they could make. They could cut his son or something like that. I mean, the summer's not <laughs> over. They, we, we have no idea what's. I don't know. This guy's Steve Ballmer's on a yacht somewhere. That you know, listening to the sort of music I listen to. So I, I he, you know, let's see what September brings before we, you know, start thinking about how great Doc Rivers has it. Yeah, and actually, if you really look at his tenure, he's been kind of you know he can't really build a bench especially, but honestly, the move that just has killed them for years is trading for his own son. Like, that just, like, it cost him... The tentacles on that one are amazing. Yeah, it cost him a first-round pick. It cost them, you know, J.J. Redick left because he got re-signed, and they basically got extremely capped out by signing backup two guards to giant contracts. Well, and the rumor, there was that report that came out that Chris Paul essentially left because he wouldn't trade Austin for Carmelo at the trade deadline. Yeah, it, it feels like playing for your dad as a coach is something that you should do when you're like 36 years old. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> or you know, when, 12. Like when Ken Griffey. <laughs> no, 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 not 12. Let him <laughs> go. 12. Let him go. No, dad, dad, we're, we're good. We got it here. We're good. Okay. I'll see you at 1230. Okay, yeah. Steve. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and also, isn't Callie Rivers dating Steph, uh, Seth Curry now? Yeah. Which to me is as a, as a Curry family fan, that's a troubling development, personally. But I don't want to get into that. That's a championship family from Maywood, Illinois, <laughs> I would have to know. So so just because he's got a thing for undersized power forwards, let's not, you know, throw the entire lineage out. Uh, you know, I can't explain away Duke, but, you know, the kid will, he, he spent a year there, and he, and he got wise, and he split. So, yeah. you know, credit where credit's due. Go Clips, apparently. <laughs> I would love to see the uh, the the chart of player success at Duke who managed like like Kyrie Irving played what like seven games at Duke less I think I think it's five <laughs> and he's a superstar and you could just chart that with um, Carwell played a hundred thousand. Chris Carroll yeah. with William Avery played, uh, you know, six and a half seasons. And... I really think if Corey Maggette had been there past his freshman year, his NBA career would have been half as long. 
<laughs> if he would have cut, say, if he would have stayed two years, he would have been Marcus Thornton. Had he come out after high school, he would have been Kobe Bryant. It's a, a bummer for another Chicago guy, but you know, you know, that's the breaks when you when you go down south. Um, I did want to go back to something Kelly mentioned here, and it's about what kind of music Steve Ballmer listens to. Uh, <laughs> What do you guys think Steve Ballmer's favorite band is? I mean, I don't I don't actually think this is true, but when I see him and watch him interact, all I hear is like John Philip Sousa kind of like a mix between a brass band and like the soundtrack to like clowns running onto a court. <laughs> so just like a lot of like like a trombone is constantly sliding up and down. Again, go Clippers! This yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> because when Kel- when Kelly said that, my immediate gut reaction, and I it was like a. Uh, not a conscious thing. I just thought, oh, the moody blues. <laughs> <laughs> As one should, in any instance. <sighs> no, I think Steve Ballmer is a, a hippie that thinks he's a yuppie. That he, he's really just a hippie at heart, but he he he, he thinks he's a he's a cool kid from the eighties. So I bet it's Talking Heads. I bet he's going to yeah, ruin you're Talking Heads. Totally right. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I bet Sorry. he likes. Sorry, <laughs> I bet he's met David Byrne. Oh. Uh, definitely, he's definitely met David Byrne. Because didn't wait, Windows came with a David Byrne song at one oh, point. Did it? Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Solo album. Yeah, fr- uh, like two thousand uh, shit. Like humans do, it came with that. Windows guys, came with like humans David do. Byrne. I gotta take a call from a kid. Other kid. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, do you think David Byrne has been to the Staples Center like as a guest? No, no way. <laughs> David Byrne <laughs> does not even know Fair what point. the sport of basketball is. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow David Byrne has lived his entire life without even seeing basketball. Even you... though he lives in New York and rides a bike everywhere. Well, I wonder and if I... he... <laughs> Sorry guys. Oh, no problem. That's it. I don't have any more kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I wonder if I wonder if David Byrne just thinks of Madison Square Garden as something that leads to terrible bike traffic forty days a year. We're still on David Byrne. I'm not. Yes, Andy. That's just a snide comment that you go back to like you know the Austin Rivers you know forty seventh pick in two thousand eleven or something. But uh... sorry. What it's you okay. made you made me realize that I don't think David I think David Byrne has lived his entire life without even knowing what basketball is. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make me like him more or less. It just makes me like him even. Which yeah. David <laughs> is perfect. All right. So back to basketball. Uh, the rumor out there is that good Adam, luck. Yeah. The rumor out there is that Adam Silver has told the league uh, that he's worried about coaches being in charge of basketball operations. So how many coaches is that in the league right now that are also uh, it's the just Tom Thibodeau. It's just Tom Thibodeau and Stan Van Gundy. 
Yeah, and and however well you rate uh, R.C. Buford, which should be as highly, but uh, you know he 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 technically does hold sway and and often uses it over over Coach Bob because they agree so much. But yeah, it's a it's a fabled few, isn't it? Yeah, I mean clearly, what you want is the the R.C. Buford Popovich dynamic, or because the Kerr. Bob Myers' dynamic is also the same. It's two guys on the same page. One is in charge of, like, drafting and trading people. The other is in charge of playing them. Uh, and Stan Van Gundy has not done well so far, I would say. Yes, he's been saddled, and he's a very good, very respected GM and, and Jeff Bauer, but he's also been saddled, but he's also not done well. Tibbs, the jury's out. Tibbs is, uh, he's done some good things and some bad things, I would say. How much should he be, give, uh, you know, w- weighted in his favor for uh, stumbling onto the worst organization in sports? Not sports, but maybe the NBA. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still trying to get a job. So, yeah, maybe the Bulls will hire a guy that's uh, just hedging, hedging it slightly. A bad basketball <laughs> operation in Chicago. Uh, and I, you know, give Tibbs credit, but that was a, you know, terrible deal. Scott Layden, again, is respected, but that man, I mean, I'm still reeling from 42 million to Shannon Anderson. I was going to say, I always think of, uh, Antonio McDice when I think of Scott Layden. More tentacles on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was, there was this stretch where there were all these, uh, Utah Jazz Phoenix Suns transactions that almost just exclusively led from McDyess shenanigans on either side, like Tom, you remember Tom Gugliotta's Utah Jazz career, right? And I feel like Gordon Giracek switched (laughs) switched to both, like, over and over again. Yeah, it's it's a remar- and it just kills New York in the end. It has something to do with Stefan Marbury or leading to the cap space that led to Steve Nash. Or it's uh, yeah, it just all kills New York in the end. But hey, Chicago, we're coming up on them. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, Knicks! All right, you got uh, some Italian beef on your on your on your heels there. None of us talk like this because it's not the twenties. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting to me too to see that a lot of guys that um, have that double coach executive role seem like that has occupied their decisions so much that they can't decide anything else about like how to dress or anything because you look at the guys who had that role it's like you've got mike d'antoni who just had a mustache and picks out his clothes like in seven seconds or less then you've got van gundy and tibbs who just would probably just wear track suits all the time if it was okay <laughs> I, I've I feel, seen Tips in person. He's he's slimmer than he looks. He probably has that tracksuit on underneath his suit. I just thought about that. Yeah, Sorry I to feel like I actually feel like Tibbs would wear a wife beater, and that's Ooh. it. Like that? Uh, like he's that? <laughs> <laughs> like just a tank, a Tibbs tank. So he had more free. So he had more freedom of movement. Yeah. Well, because he's bench pressing, he's eating cheeseburgers, he's watching video. It gets hot. You know what? The, the, the tank top represents the eight minutes that are left after the 40 that he plays a superstar. So that's that's what that represents <laughs> on his chest. Eight percent of his uh, 
no, no. He's yeah. in fine, better shape than that. It's all representation, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, but, thank that. By the way, there's this might be a box score glitch, but apparently Stephen Jackson played 52 minutes in a Big Three game this weekend. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess they were shooting well because the game is only to 50 points, but. Uh, yeah, Charles Oakley just didn't take him out of the game ever. Oh, I was going to tear him down. There's no way you're going to try and tell him he's leaving the court. Not nah, three shots out there. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't Stephen Jackson also play 52 minutes a game uh, the year the We Believe year? Yes. Didn't Don Nelson play him 52 minutes a game? And, and the <laughs> same thing happens at the end of those games where they lose leads because Stephen Jackson doesn't have knees anymore. <laughs> Hoisted a three-pointer that goes 42,000 feet in the air and lands a little short in the end. Missy Jacks. Um, so my question about this GM. So there's no more GM coaches. That's fine. But I do think I would like to trade the league. They can have their GM coach separation, but I want player coaches back. It's my dream. I've been talking to Sean about this for 25 years, probably. <laughs> we were so excited when uh, the minute the Chicago White Sox almost hired Paul Canerco oh, as a they? player coach when they hired Robin Ventura. And the weird thing is that even guys at the White Sox were like, Paul? Really? <laughs> Managing? Guy owes me fantasy league money and now he's going to be my boss? <laughs> the hell, guys? I don't know how he feels about uh, teenage bat boys who are children of the the players, though. I don't know where he was on the Drake LaRoche revolt. I was at a White Sox game last month, and and my sister and I spent a good three or four innings trying to determine the uh, age of the bat boy because it looks like, uh, you know, young, handsome, bearded Pau Gasol was out there at about five (laughs) foot ten. But you just got the idea that he may have been 16. So we were just trying to like, wow, that's a healthy looking young. Yeah. So that must have been some someone's kid somewhere. Let him go. (laughs) And, and, And there we get like Jason Kidd's. You know, son, we get to know what's the next generation. If, if we do player coaches, we get we get with the grandson lineage soon. Oh, that's so, right. Uh, who who in the NBA right now would be your dream player coach? Is my question for you guys. Oh man. Um, I mean, I almost want to say Jimmy Butler so he could limit his own minutes, but <laughs> I don't know if he really has a coaching temperament. Um, let's see. Yeah, he does just just be a bad coach. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, think Andre Iguodala could be a player coach. Like he's right at that that exact phase of his career where he's not gonna play himself too much. Like that that I think is the temptation of just historically player coaches will either the real problems I get into is they play themselves too much when they're too old or they bet against their own baseball team. <laughs> Pete Rose did Mario both of those Soto things. Mario Soto is not on the Warriors, okay? Mario Soto <laughs> will not pitch for these Warriors, so I think they're safe. I, I think Jason Terry's the ultimate player coach oh, in the league nice. right now. <laughs> like, wouldn't you like to see the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks 
doing an airplane motion after hitting a three <laughs> while running down the court. Uh, <laughs> the so other, much. the other great thing he would do is just tattoo uh, 2017 18 fourth seed on his body, somewhere <laughs> out of confidence. Like, look, guys, we're not winning the title this year, but I do believe in you. And Deshaun Stevenson's tattoo artist is in town. So. <laughs> And he'd be right at the end, too. Yeah. they nailed that. <laughs> I, I mean, as with all things, I don't know why you don't pick Pau Gasol for the answer to any question, but Pau Gasol for player-coach, oh, dad's God. in charge. <laughs> Dad is in charge, and he's calling out plays from, from either the top of the key or beyond the three-point line, maybe the elbow extended if he's feeling limber that day, and dad's just going to run this. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to play him two minutes, self four, two minutes forty. It's going to be a slowed out offense. He's going to uh-huh. bring his buddies over. You know, it's going to be aesthetically pleasing. And the referees, when the calls don't go its way, ah, uh, oh, I just learned how to make a gift. So just right on my out. Um, the best part about Pal Gasol's player coaches, you know how they'll talk about how coaches will like insert like funny video clips into like. Uh, the video sessions for the players. Pau Gasol would be inserting his favorite opera arias right. into <laughs> the Spurs video clips. Put movies in there. He put Tam Popo in there. He put you know, the Milano Beanfield War in there. He put, yeah. he put some interesting choices. If you want to get rowdy, it'd be bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just I spent the weekend at Jeff Tate's house, so obviously I'm full of these titles now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, I mean, I, just, I imagine he would not get mad at the referees. He would just get disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. More weird GM news from the league. Uh, the league is considering a rule banning swaps of draft picks in sandwich years because they're afraid what's happened to the Nets is going to happen again. Uh, so the rule you can't trade draft picks in consecutive years is the Ted Stepien rule? Yes. This would be the Billy King rule, I think. Or possibly the Vlade Divac rule. I'm trying to remember who preceded King with this. Uh, and I, and I can't, honestly, I can't recall it. So it just it staggers. at the it, it, He possibly did this with Utah. But it, it's awesome that it, his first chance at doing this, he hit it so staggeringly. <laughs> I mean, like, Ted Stepien got a few cracks out of the gate, but this is about one trade, and that's yeah. bravo. I mean, I feel I feel bad because I think it's – the really terrible trade was, like, a Prokhorov thing, but Billy King didn't really say no. He seemed pretty excited about the team, and, uh, yeah, that's a bummer. It's a bummer. When he got yeah. that job. All of us knew that that is the right guy for if you be. If Prokhorov <laughs> wants to burn money, the guy that, that you know <laughs> – Walked around Kenny Thomas and Chris Weber a few years ago and, and dealt with uh, yeah that's the right guy for the job. We were we were looking at Brooke Lopez's crazy Nets career where he's the all time leading scorer and the highest draft pick they had at any point when he was there was uh, the one they used for Terrence Williams which I think oh. was seven and then next it's like Rondé Hollis Jefferson is the next highest oh. pick. So it just may as well have been had the Jason Kara you know, of like forty five wins just carried over into his career, even though the game was yeah, totally fond of doubt and did it right and ended up a bloody hell. But those poor Brooklyn fans, they've been suffering for those two and a half years now. 
Yeah, those long suffer- suffering Brooklyn fans. It's true. Um, See the traffic there. <laughs> uh, so my question about this news item for you guys is: What other rules should the league add to protect incompetent teams from themselves? Well, I think you just discussed the best one. They're kind of already already stamping it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's gotta be, we gotta check the, you know, maybe like the, the there's gotta be a, a test that teams and fans themselves can vote on after they check like an incoming GM's bookshelf or maybe his, oh. his, his podcast playlist, you know, just to see what's motivating him from day to day, see what, what makes him tick, what gets him going, you know, yeah. just maybe oh, something the moody blues. Oh, I'm going, yeah, just, to, I mean, yeah. And it would just even out in the end and then we'd find out if this new name, this, you know, uh, you know, Bill O'Brady is going to be good for the Milwaukee Bucks or something like that. Just to make sure that he just doesn't have 15 different versions of Fight Club, uh, you know, next to some some chia seeds. I mean, uh, I bet, I bet, I know, I know this would backfire because I'm sure that Joe Lacob's iTunes is a nightmare. <laughs> he is also probably a Moody Blues fan, actually. <laughs> Sorry, I just found out that my, my, my kid is going to run to her job interview and she's got six minutes to make. I thought it was at 5.30, but, you know, this is just how summer goes at KD's house, guys. That's crazy. <laughs> See you, Pixie. <laughs> All right, guys, go ahead. Uh I would like to see the league implement a rule that no – GM or coach can sign their son for over $4 million a year. Well, I mean, then there's a lot of ways you can go around that. I mean, yeah. you can start falsifying <laughs> records really early in a kid's life if you've got an idea about that and say maybe you have some sort of stake in the team and also maybe you're an ex-player coach yourself. So like, I don't know about that. If I'm, if I'm Jordan Nowitzki or something like that, I'm planning ahead. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the way... He could he could make up for the deferred money, I think, with Mark Cuban. Oh, there go. oh, that's who should be the player coach. Dirk no. Nowitzki. No, how could post him up easily? He's got like <laughs> We discussed this guys. It's pow. Now get in the car. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, another news story. Steph Curry missed the cut as a pro golfer. And uh, my one question for you guys is Please explain this to me. Basketball is the only sport I like. Like, I was watching that? <laughs> I, I have train tracks to mind, boys. I got train tracks to watch over. Make sure no hooligans tossing them bottles around. All Sean, I, do you know anything about golf? Well, I got I got really excited that he beat the projected over-under, and there were a lot of pro golfers tweeting, like, he's not going to break 85. And then he... He seemed like he golfed okay. He didn't he didn't make the cut, but he also wasn't embarrassing. So it's like yeah, I have no idea what it's like. Like I'm sure it is really hard to be I don't know, in I I I I have no idea what kind of level of competence that is or how much just randomness there is in golf. So just that approximation sounds like an, an incredible achievement because the lure of that hotel bed when you're on the road for two thirds of it, got September to June for the Warriors plus whatever they make, 
him, you know, schlep around and do for Under Armour overseas. I mean, to get yeah. all that in, he's got the best accommodations, but you still have to work your ass off. I mean, you still got it's just us with a treadmill every day or something like that, or or me with uh, you know throwing corn cobs into the woods or whatever I do. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, good on him. I do love. I don't pay any attention to golf, but every four majors, I am in front of that TV as much as humanly possible. Not to the extent where I'm hurting my job or ignoring my. No, it is to the extent where I ignore my kids. But uh, good with jobs. But no, I love watching golf. It's got I got a weird perverse thing about it. I feel like I'm watching all these guys from Orlando and Phoenix, and it's just it's weird. <laughs> well, I think it's it's a really good TV sport. Like the guys who direct golf golf telecasts are really really good at their job at kind of there's just they they do a really good job of having almost zero downtime while you're watching it, and you can also nap during it, and you don't really miss anything. If they make you tolerate Jim Nance for however many hours yeah. in a row. <laughs> and that music. Just and out the of fa- breath. <laughs> uh, it I does sound like... Jim Nance, he seems like a fine fellow, but yeah, I curry that. That's incredible. <laughs> Seriously, that's very cool, and it just makes me go back to that Jordan thing again. That just The fact that that dude was able to hit 200 in double A after mm-hmm. not pay- playing baseball since he was an 18-year-old or whatever is, is amazing. Yeah. And it seems like Curry has a really good tee shot. Like, he hits it really far, and the what he gets caught up on is the the putting and the short game. And that seems like a thing that, I don't know, looking at that, I thought, you know, he probably could be a marginal pro golfer if he really devoted himself to it after his career is over. I don't and what's know cool why about that? Point, yeah. Well, if he's 6'3", it just reminds you that, like, where these guys are at in the real shape of things, that he's a pretty kind of a hulking golfer at 6'3", oh, yeah. where he's the littlest, smallest guy on the court out there. He's a you know, wispy little water bug, but, you know, out there he's just another jock that's got to work on a short game. Yeah, and he's, he's like a bully on the golf tour. <laughs> well, I'm glad he missed the cut. <laughs> All right, uh... <laughs> Our next news story is that uh, Suns fans have named their rebuild the timeline. According to natural-born Ziller, Tom Ziller, quote, the timeline, as explained in the Suns Limited Upside Preview podcast, is a plan to build around the team's youth, including Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris, and Dragon Bender. Any trade that would upset that plan would be frowned upon by the timeline acolytes. This is not the case in the faith of the process, where trades are part and parcel with the belief system. Okay, so, yeah. my question for you first is, that is depressing, right? <laughs> I mean, it... <laughs> but it's a dry depressing. <laughs> I mean, at least it's... I I look. We love the phrase "the process," but it one thing that makes it a great phrase for management's sake is that everything that you do is the process by definition. Yes. So if you're if you're trading for a guy, if you're drafting a guy, it's all part of the process. It's all whatever happens. But so this team is it just that they've just been. It it sounds like this is something where you would fall in love with the potential of Devin Booker and Josh mm-hmm. Jackson. And I'm not totally sure why that happened. <laughs> well, 70 points, Sean. Uh, Friday night, though. I mean, that's that's where we bury 70 points these days. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they, uh, I mean, just because we were we were so at summer league, we were so fascinated by Marquise Chris because he does so many things, and many of them are bad. But he's most of he's, them are bad, and too often. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's constantly trying to dunk. Uh, we saw him rack up nine fouls in a summer league game. Um, he tried to fight Papa Jonas from the Kings. Uh, good, good, but I get to the bad part. And he's uh, no, I mean he he reminded us of like a better athlete, Anthony Randolph. Yeah, he. He reminded me of it yeah. was like I I think I said this on Twitter, but seeing Marquise Chris as an Anthony Randolph Warriors fan, uh, it was like the end of Annie Hall for me. <laughs> like I'd ran into Anthony Randolph on the street, oh and God. things were okay, but kind of sad. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, I'm glad he found closure in a, in a film uh, like that—a classic. The, the director, as we know, is a bit problematic to discuss these days, but it, it sure it helps. Uh, I will never uh, look at that particular. I believe he's a 20-year-old player again. Uh, that way again, ever in my life, changed everything for me. And this kid can't even legally buy beer yet. So, wow, nicely done, Joey. Nicely done. Um. Well, wow. the other thing about the timeline and the fact yeah, yeah. that there are acolytes for the timeline mm-hmm. is that sounds like my least favorite thing about superhero storytelling. <laughs> you know, where it's like, oh, we got to change the timeline or go back and the acolytes are trying to protect the timeline. Like, it always just ends with something that's a real bummer or like they accidentally go back in time and now Tyler Ulis is a jazz singer or something like that, you know. <laughs> You're, you're certain that these people aren't going to act in that way? I mean, have you seen the, the message boards? Have we? Have you looked at Reddit recently? I, I think they have this in them. I, I think we'll have uh, pictures and, uh, and, and, and plenty of fiction to follow. My problem with the timeline as a brand uh, is the timeline doesn't necessarily have an ending as a word. Like, the process you're building towards something, but, like, with time, time just marches on. Yeah, like the timeline is going to happen no matter what you do in that rebuild. <laughs> That's actually often the lesson of when the Flash goes back in time. And, and Annie Hall. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but uh, just time is a flat circle, and uh, yeah. it hopefully it doesn't end with uh, us spending too much on Tom Google. out of Google's out his knee. I do wonder, though, is that they... they because they seem like they're locked in on these young players, that might be a reaction to, because as, as long as I can remember, the Phoenix Suns make a giant, like, five or six-player trade every two and a half years, no matter what else is happening in the franchise. Like, they're they're constantly blowing it up and tearing it down and shifting gears. Uh or not even just giant trades. I mean, the yeah. Colangelo's rule them from. I mean, the little Cologne and Cufflinks Colangelo family. There, they 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 <laughs> love that sort. Of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, sorry, David why... Letterman's off the air, so I'm allowed to steal all his lines. <laughs> what I'm Cologne Cufflinks. Jesus Christ, coming. <laughs> uh, my question is: Isn't it also? Doesn't it take out half of the fun of rooting for a bad team if you're anti-trade? 
that's the other thing. Like, so the timeline, they're just like, nope, we want this team forever. No trades, please. Well, you've Isn't got, that weird? Well, I, I, I didn't watch the fourth season of Community, so I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> whatever the Yahoo one was, I didn't see it. But. Uh, Joey, Joey and I were Warriors fans for many, many years, and thus, like, the trade machine is your best friend in February because you can't really get that much out of the game. So you need something to, to wish on. That'd like like calling it the timeline is super depressing for that reason. Like, you know, it's just going to keep going like this. But you, when you were a Warriors fan six years ago, you weren't on the trade machine in February. You were on it right now. You were oh, yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. This was <laughs> yeah, not I a mean, February passing thing. You had things to, you know, help you forget. Yeah, you had to get rid of that Devin George contract or else it was going to eat your brain forever. I mean, my um. favorite thing that they would do is just go all in to make sure that Jason Caffey was available for their seven-year contract. And then three <laughs> months later, Jason Caffey was on the trading block. <laughs> uh, so ma- many of his things have been on the block ever since, uh, in, in literal and figurative terms. Uh, you're, we can Again, another name you can Google out that no one will uh, send out that no one will understand. Missy Caff. <laughs> Um, so my question, hold on, there's a plane going over me right oh, now. Okay, hold okay. on one second. I love Casino. That's a great <laughs> movie. Just, it just is right on the golf course there. It's like, the movie Casino is like 100% montage, though. It's like, <laughs> an, it's four hours of montages. Um, right. I mean, it does have, is there any other movie that has a triple voiceover like that? Oh wow! Good call, by Goodfellas, presumably. I'd have to check because yeah. you got Lorraine Bracco. You got uh, oh, you uh, do Lorraine Bracco. That's right. Okay, I'm sure there's got to be more. I'm sure Conway's got to be in there. But yeah, it's, it's the montage. If we could skip the the fellatio for Joe Pesci scene in, in either montage next time, I'd, I'd, I'd be. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, people are walking through the room at the same time. TNT. <laughs> All right, anyway, so my qu- plane my- overhead. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's gone. All right, so my question about the timeline for you guys. Last, lastly, last question: uh, Is there a better name for what the Suns are doing than the timeline? <laughs> no, apparently. Because yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally in on this. I mean, I'm digging this. You know, uh, it's an Irish family running that team. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the. Uh, I don't know the the dry heat, the dry burn. Possibly, <laughs> what a, oh, I see. I would think the slow burn. Uh, but um, what about Michael Crichton's the timeline? Is that a better name? <laughs> <laughs> I would maybe call it like sun damage is cumulative. <laughs> Just as a good lesson for everybody. What about Devin Booker should not be untouchable? Um, <laughs> Every menu here has chicken fingers on it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Maxim Magazine, colon, the city. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, you just made the... this city uh, famous for a lot of people. They're going to be driving there right now. It's chicken fingers and, and, and Shannon Elizabeth covers hanging out in Arizona. So that, that's California's grapes and wine. <laughs> All right, uh, 
this probably should have been our lead story, but I'm so tired of talking about it, I put it here. Uh, David Griffin, ex-Cavs GM, went on ESPN and said Kyrie Irving was, quote-unquote, brave for demanding a trade. <sighs> and my question for you guys is, is Kyrie brave? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on bravery, gentlemen. I, for I figured those thoughts, you would. That's why I, 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 I often turn to Bill Maher for for my. Uh, <laughs> no, that's the. That's just, I couldn't even for... get the name out without just uttering <laughs> something like Andy Kimball under his breath. But all, <laughs> Bill Maher. <laughs> but also, that's who you turn to for new rules, um, not bravery. <laughs> I see you two and choo choo. Well, honey, why are we paying four ninety nine again for this? I don't really you. You just want to. Okay, yeah, it's cool. All right, let's, let's let's tip better next time. Yeah, he's brave. Yeah, he, you know, he, he did it the right way. He did it legally. He got all of us talking about him, judging his worth, and he's coming out smelling like a rose. You know, but I, he, there's been a lot of daffy things that I've ignored because I just haven't clicked on a lot of Twitter things this month that I'm sure he's doing off the court. But yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's brave in a way, and 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 more power to the fellow. Now, I mean, what's David more Griffin... brave, oh, this or declaring that the world is flat on a podcast? Ooh. The latter, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think. <laughs> By the way, David Griffin is uh, still recovering from cancer, which is slightly braver than demanding a trade from David Griffin's yeah. replacement. It's, 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 it's a delicate line when you mix uh, bravery and basketball. I've, I've, I've always tried to say this to the, to the children I coach, and, and as a result, <laughs> we give up a lot of layups. Now maybe maybe he was saying that Kyrie Irving was an Atlanta brave for demanding a trade because he wants to manipulate people into giving him stuff to relocate like the Atlanta Braves did to Cobb County. <laughs> Again, do something more with chicken fingers. Yeah, right. maybe maybe confuse him for Claudel Washington or, or maybe maybe Bob Horner was a flat earther. I, I don't know. I, again, other names. Ken Overkill uh, was actually a member of the Illuminati. That's true. Oh, I doubt that for a second. The the, the sheer amount of uh, of a conspiracy theory, you know, it's just it's, kids Google Eric Shaw and just uh, find out where that comes. <laughs> he also, like me, was a jazz guitarist who walked around with his two buttons uh, unbuttoned a lot. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to stay off that path. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and because this was Kyrie Irving news, of course. Uh, a scant few af hours after David Griffin said this, we got uh, your obligatory LeBron James passive-aggressive subtweet. Uh, he tweeted, Never let another ride your wave. Wave emoji. Three exclamation points. So, my I question... No, go I... ahead, Kelly. No, no, that's, that's, that's the first I've heard of this, so go ahead. So is he referring, my question is, is he referring to Kyrie Irving riding his wave or David Griffin riding his wave? What are his likes right before that? Oh, I didn't even look. Like, like, oh, was he, who was he hanging around? Was he, was he, was he looking at Sarah Thire? Was he, was he, was it, his, you know, some uh, the, the pizza place that he runs? Whatever. I mean, if it was on, if it was on a, you know, whatever website he was, he was reading this, uh, you know, uh, summary from. He uh, and he liked that and found out. So if it was about David Griffin's bravery context, conduct, then, then there you go. I mean, for me, when it's about riding waves, guys, 
I, I've never ridden a wave. You guys have to <laughs> uh, My question about this LeBron tweet is I've noticed something about LeBron, and that's that he's obsessed with the ocean. He made Dwayne Wade eat sea bass. Uh, <laughs> he went on a banana boat. And now he's appropriating a surf culture where you beat up people for stealing your wave. Yeah, <laughs> he <and>. hates Haolis. <laughs> well, yeah, so I wonder if like, going to Miami just fundamentally changed him because he'd only seen Lake Erie before then. And he's like, this water, nothing's on fire here. What's, what's happening? <laughs> Fellas, you don't have to visit or even spend more than an hour in Miami, as I do, without learning to, to appreciate and embrace surf culture. It takes on many forms, whether that may be sea bass with a friend or whatever the middle thing you said was. Banana you know, boat. Banana, Banana boat. boat. They're so much fun. They burn calories. you got your friends on there. It's all a wonderful good time. Come on. Just put on your sunscreen. Enjoy a good time out and come back with some Michael McDonald on. Yeah, so, he... <laughs> he left he took his towns to South Beach and left his heart there as well clearly <laughs> and probably a whole lot of cars too yeah cool. <laughs> yeah really like those three wheel cars you know uh, I, I, I can I tell can I, can I tell you guys an amazing short Hollywood story please uh, please I sure. was at, I was driving uh, kind of I guess I was in I was near the improv at the time and uh, there was a car so like Kilkea and Melrose, <laughs> Kilkea and Melrose, <laughs> uh, near where Team Ten lives. And uh, are they uh -huh. Team Ten? Uh, and there was a car, like a yeah, yeah, real, Jake Paul, a real <laughs> wacky looking car was just sort of like changing lanes and kind of zipping around, had its lights on. I kind of slow down. It goes into the the other lane and passes me, and then just makes a a U turn right in the middle of the Sean, street. Yeah. Sean, I'm going to let you finish this story, but I'm going to tell you right now, if Jay Leno isn't driving this car, I'm going to fight you later. Physically. I'm sorry. It's not. Jay Leno's, Jay Leno's not driving this car because we're not outside the Comedy and Magic Club in her motor. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Do I get a guess as well? Yeah. Yeah. Get, go ahead and guess. Uh, Robert Evans. Uh, well, it's. It ended up being a cherry red weird three-wheel tricycle thing. It made a U-turn to pull up next to the valet parking at the Hard Rock Cafe, and it was Jaden <laughs> Smith. Oh, you know what? Uh, Worth it. Good story, Sean. Yeah. Good story. <laughs> so Jaden Smith really likes to ride crazy three-wheeled vehicles. Was it a fine story? Yes. Did it have a payoff at the end? Yes. Was a celebrity involved? You bet. Yeah, that's all you want. <laughs> um, all right, that's enough about LeBron and Kyrie. Uh, I do think that the timeline is Suns fans saying they don't want Kyrie, though. That is 100% oh, what that yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because you can't uh, get Kyrie without trading any of those players. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, another timeline, and that's the timeline where the Knicks signed Michael Beasley, which happened today. <laughs> I love it, honestly. <laughs> Again, news for uh, stepdad over here. He's great. He was he was fantastic last year. He I I still love watching him play, and he's not doing doofus stuff anymore. So no. yeah. 
Yeah, he's weirdly. Um, yeah, I guess I guess he was just such a knucklehead, as they say. But now it's like he feels like he's he's sort of become mid-career Bonzi Wells almost. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's just like like buckets and aggression, and he's bigger than everybody at his position, and he can defend and hit that corner three like Bonzi could. He doesn't rebound, which is weird. He's a, such a great rebounder in college. Mm-hmm. Also, remember the Knicks had Clarence Gaines Jr. high in that front office, and he loves those sort of Jerry Krause sort of loping long arm guys. So that, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'll actually be, and also, um, I kind of think he's not going to be phased by New York City because the beginning of his career was so rough. And now, you know, like what? What can yeah, he, he uh, what can I Sola another... say to make him mad? You know, he can't get another super cool bees tattoo. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's six years removed from Miami. He's he's done with his waves uh, phase, and now he's into you know sensible uh, you know post Manhattan. I'm, I'm not digging it. <laughs> yeah. we, we're all doing 1983 in our hearts here, right? <laughs> um. All right. And our final piece of news. Uh. Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, wants to meet with Andrew Wiggins before he signs him to a max contract. My question for you, what does Glenn Taylor want to ask Andrew Wiggins? But also, doesn't he doesn't he have a lot of opportunities to talk to Andrew Wiggins like all the time? One would think. <laughs> yeah, again, this is the first time hearing of this, so before getting to the my bad attempts at jokes, the paternalism serious tone is like is is uh, hitting me over the head right now. Wowzer. And that Yeah. Well and you know, but button that's that button, young man, I suppose. You're going to be treated uh, well, who knows? I mean Glenn Taylor's done so he's he's done some good he's a good guy and his heart's in the right place, but uh you know, it, it might be a, a public statement might be for a, from a different era. Supposedly... Shave those sideburns, young man. What if that's what he? Oh wants? no, that no. I'm with Glenn on that. I mean, Andrew's Andrew's like me. They're not growing in. You got to get you know, give him a break. Got to move on. Uh, supposedly, he wants Andrew Wiggins to commit to being better. Which? <laughs> oh, that's what I got to do. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I mean, just I. Sure. Um, but it's also weird that he wouldn't like that. It's you would kind of think that the owner would come to the like would be involved in the discussion for a five year max anyway. Yes, very much. I, it's just, you know, posturing. Go ahead. Sorry about that. No, I've got to say uh, it feels like a nine million year old white guy. Sitting down and asking a uh, 22-year-old black guy to commit to be better would be like a brutal scene in a Spike Lee movie that does not exist. Yeah. Uh, that that sucks. Fuck that. I mean, uh, it's it's if they're, if they're coming from the corporate world where they have to win contracts, and if it's yeah. going to be this this whole you know culture of max contracts but with public caveats you know fuck that yeah there's no there's no reason for that there's there is there's a reason for that to satisfy the ego of the 2930 that are out there but no that's uh, you know this hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about this because we can do better next time yeah it's just so dweeby you know <laughs> it, that it's he corporate. wants to, yeah looking in his face and 
I just want to see in his eyes that he really wants to be here. That he's not a glorified Doug West? Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's looking that way, pal. Mm-hmm. I mean, All I, I mean, on the plus side, at least no one ever did this to Jeff Green. Because he <laughs> never would have signed any of those contracts. <laughs> that's Maybe that's it. I mean, Minnesota never signed Doug West to, a, to another series of open <laughs> you know, where they got off. <sighs> I got a lot of theories about Minnesota. <laughs> oh, let's th- give us some. Give no, 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 that's, that's, that's for another day. I've got, I got too many calls from that area code, guys. That's it's true. Just, oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> He's almost I mean, in the firing if, line. If, if Funky Town came from Minneapolis, Prince, I'll give you, but Funky Town, no, that's too lame for no, no, I'm not buying that. Lips Inc. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, speaking of Minneapolis, you know what? If somebody sat the replacements down and told them, to commit to being better, I wonder how that would have went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would have been soul asylum and they would have sucked. <laughs> no, excuse me. They would have been the Goo Goo Dallas and they would have terribly sucked. <laughs> you should say that about soul asylum. They're what we call passable. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really... I I have a weird obsession with the the Soul Asylum album that's after Grave Dancers Union. Great album, great album. Not joking with you. Which one, sorry? That 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 album you're talking about is a great album. It's crazy. It's like Dave Perner really goes all over the place with like, oh, you thought we were just, you know, he just goes really far away from Runaway Train. The lyrics are really weird. It's yeah, it's it's like a a really. I don't. I don't know that people necessarily have it or own it, but I weirdly listen to it a lot. <laughs> There's a Sharpling and Worcester call where they talk about that album for like 20 minutes. Oh, really? And and they're like, I think it's on yeah. Kid eBay. I got and they're like, um, they're like, yeah, I think what happens is basically um, you're just trying to make the stuff you liked when you were 10. I think that's what they were doing. <laughs> Yeah, and... it's what it's the CD length too. When you get that CD length, and you can you're like you're given seventy two minutes to play with in nineteen ninety four, and all of a sudden Beck's coming out of nowhere, and you get all this money. You know, the lead yeah. guitarist has a guitar with mini humbuckers. Ooh, it's dating Winona Ryder and staying up all night. It was. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. Oh well, all right. It's a great album. The, the lead single off that is a great album. It, it uh, but that's so, okay. Yes, I should have said Goo Goo Dolls. I'm sorry, Minneapolis. They also. Re- release an aggressively boring video for the lead singer single. Oh, the C- yeah, the C- there you go. Where it's CD. like pressing a CD, and it's like this is not as hard as you could have come out of the gate on the video front, guys. <laughs> yeah, but when your other option is putting you know four or five disaffected Minnesota boys on the you know on, on prime time during the summer of. Uh, during the Hakeem Olajuwon summer of '95, I, I don't. I'm, I'm okay with what I saw. Yeah. Uh, so, All right, Sean, you want to do our ad read? Yeah, let me do the ad read real fast. Uh, we have a new sponsor this week for Roundball Rock, and it is from the world of gourmet food. It is a new online retailer called Stack Jack's House of Jack Cheese Stacks. Now, Stephen Jackson has played all over the NBA, and he knows his gourmet cheeses. Why, if you play with Don, play for Don Nelson, you're going to be eating a lot of cheeseburgers with him. But Stack Jack's House of Jack Cheese Stacks is different from other cheese shops because they come from cows raised by Stephen Jackson. 
These cows are all free range. Steven Jackson wouldn't limit the distance he takes a shot from in the same way he won't limit the grazing range of his cattle. And while some cattlemen will boast about how soft and tender their beef is, Stack Jack's House of Jack Cheese Stacks has the toughest cows in the world. Some cows get branded. These cows have been tattooed over 40% of their bodies. And the special Stack Jack process helps give the cheese its unique flavor. It's the only premium cheese that has been relentlessly trash-talked. And while the cheese is well-aged, some people think it could still contribute to a winning NBA basketball team. Stack Jack's House of Jack Cheese Stacks. Get that cheddar. Uh, thank you, Stack Jack's House of Jack Cheese Stacks. Thank you, Stack Jack's House of Jack Cheese Stacks, um, for keeping the lights on. Yeah, I really <laughs> appreciate it. So... Sean, you want to talk to Kelly a little bit? Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so we've I've been I've been reading your stuff for a really long time, and really? it's it's interesting to me how um, online basketball writing has has changed to the point where um, I remember there being a time when would you watch every single NBA game? Well, yeah, I mean that in the, not everyone front to back, but I would I would watch when the games would start and then overnight I would get BitTorrents or use my TiVo and, and rewatch them and, and write a column called Behind the Box Score, which I, yes. I started in college and then made its way to Yahoo. Uh, but that also had me staying up ungodly hours and yeah. uh, doing terrible things for my health. So, but it was it was quite the experience that I'm now happily enjoying just in front of the the, the, the same TiVo on a treadmill instead and not having to write about it. Yeah, that's but much- yeah, I watch a lot of hoops and still do. So it it seems like when that when you were first doing that, I just I was blown away. I loved it too, just because I I Thank really you. love that kind of obsessiveness and completeness. And it actually feels like the basketball world has more kind of come to your side of it. Like it's it's it it is really there's a lot of kind of obsessiveness and completeness in people who like really follow basketball now. There's a lot of love out there. There's a that's why I did it. That's why I do it still. That's why I'm you know I, I was laid off a couple months ago and I'm still writing about watching and doing. People love doing it. It's the greatest gig in the world. So uh, you know I did it because I wanted. I wrote something that I wanted everyone to that I would want to read myself the next morning and I wanted to give that you know sort of even if they were just coming in to see one or two games. Um, and then the great thing as life goes on is you can get you can kind of pull that off and not have to write about every damn team. You can just touch on the Bucks every once in a while. But uh, yeah, it, the whole the internet culture just does it because they love it. Well, that's it's the only reason they followed anything else. Yeah. Um, and were you were you the person who was in charge of bringing in different writers at Ball Don't Lie? I, I was not. I was just so incredibly lucky to, that they brought in the ones they did. They just were like, hey, could you run the site with Dan Devine? It's like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, yeah, you want to bring in Eric Freeman? Yes. Ben Rohrbach? Yes. Um, we've had some amazing... Trey I've Kirby? Yeah, Trey, Trey was there, uh, you know, ran it before I ran it. Uh, I was the guy that started it, and then... Uh, I realized I wasn't good enough at it, and Jay Skeets took it over, <laughs> which was completely and totally true. Um, Jay Skeets took it over and kicked ass with it, and then I stayed on and was there. The you know ran the string out, but yeah, that's just been a powerhouse website for Edward and and remains to this day, even without uh, Eric Freeman and myself's presence. How is Trey Kirby as a minister? However, 
<laughs> For those that don't know, uh, Trey Kirby married my wife and I. Uh, uh, it's so, gosh, seven years ago, a day ago. Our anniversary was yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Uh, a, yeah, he married us. I appreciate it. Uh, Married my wife and I, and Dan did a fantastic job. He shaved for the event, or he was shaving back then on and off, but he shaved for it. Uh, He wrote just a wonderfully funny and beautiful and frank, uh, uh, and I couldn't say moving at the time, a speech because uh, I I misplaced my wedding ring. I'd forgotten to take it up right before that, so I was checking pockets and, and, and pulling some Clark Griswold stuff up there. Um, but no, Trey Kirby was, uh, you know, as is exactly as great at it as you would think he would be. Did he pun gun your two names? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dare. I fed the man tacos. I fed the man tacos, and afterward, my brother and I got it with Trey. Got a little chant going. The taco train is coming. <laughs> I still do that to this day. I don't know if Trey does, but you know, I'm bound to find out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what do you think is going to be your next step? You're on hiatus after leaving Ball Don't Lie, but uh, have you thought about writing a book or anything? I'm I'm not I'm not on hiatus, and I was laid off. We can say that that they, they <laughs> move on. They sold, okay. and, and I was very uh, you know I have no complaints about the time without. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've got a million things up in the air, a million little bits and pieces here and there, things both big and wonderful and and whatever. And I'm just every day for me has been better than the last. Just uh, being with my family and uh, uh, enjoying my first summer, you know, in God knows how long. I'm out of the hovel that I used to be. And it turns out by just the you know the bits of stuff I have on my desktop and hanging around the house, you can still write about the NBA in a funny and insightful way, or at least so my brain thinks, uh, uh, while uh, you know still paying scant attention and being a dad. So that's what I've done right now. Yeah, I've, I've got a million books in me. I got uh, you know if people want a bit of that, I had some not really pre-written, but just some notes hashed out that turned into uh, the Jerry Krause obituary. It's if people look up that up on Ball Don't Lie. Um, but uh, I have no idea what's next. I'm I'm just having a, a, a very uh, a stepfatherly time on the way there. Yeah. Um, now, do you? I mean, I guess the nature of what you do is not so much uh, direct. Like, are you? Are you, you're not? You're just over your career. You're not really a person that's been in a ton of NBA locker rooms doing like features no. on players at all. Uh, do you do you have that many interactions with like NBA players and executives and stuff? No, not at all. Not not at all. I thought my my best skill was at Brit, just watching and watching and writing and writing and writing. And as time has moved along, I found out that I'm more adept at those other things. And that's that's hopefully what we're going to get into because I've got a uh, you know dino pack full of ideas here. That's uh, this, and I got to find the right vehicle. But I haven't even started even discussing what sort of vehicles we're going to purchase here that we're even getting into. In the meantime, I'm basically prepping up lunches for the week, and uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, the, yeah, you're the, making the trail mix. Stuff. I got trail mix to make, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do with, uh, you know, whatever story. There's, I, I, you know, I got, I got to run through the kids first, is what I'm saying, guys. I got, <laughs> and, and they're, they're, they're teenagers, so we'll go from there. No, and it's one, all, yeah. it's all out there. Trust me, it's, it, it, there's, it's all in me, and and uh, whatever happens, I'll be uh, loud and annoying about it, and trying to uh, let everyone know. But uh, there are podcasts up in the air. There's, there's all sorts of things uh, that I'm. We're already doing a podcast with Jeff Tate, but there's all sorts of other things we're considering. But uh, uh, that's yeah. that's going to be. Do you do you know what your podcast with Jeff is going? to I know you we, recorded we a do bunch not. this weekend. Okay. Uh, 
We uh, did Jeff Tate, a very, very, very funny uh, uh, comedian from Cincinnati. A lot of people may know from the Doug Loves Movies podcast, and he's been on TV a couple of times. And yeah, he's just you, a tremendous. Yeah, three or four albums. I think three albums. He's really funny. You can see if you're a if you're a CISO subscriber, you can see me introducing him on an episode of the show, the guest list at one point. So it's very exciting. My set he's... is not part of the show, but uh, you know. <laughs> CISO. Always, always cutting up the good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah it, he's a tremendous. I'm, I'm just a huge fan of his, and then uh, we just cross paths, and and uh, yeah, we we've got uh, quite a few episodes in the can. And once I learned to start talking like a normal human, and uh, you know, settle all these <laughs> ideas around that I've been batting around my Subaru for the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, he's he's got a couple of names, both of them great, and I'm gonna let him go with it because I'm I'm just the guy that remembers about uh, you know the the the, I, the Brian Evans scouting report, and he can remember how to make it funny <laughs> and put it on iTunes and all that other stuff. So yeah, that's in the pike, and uh, look forward to that among many other things. I feel uh, like you're... you know <laughs> uh, the possibilities of Patreon and and any sort of cooking videos or God knows what else are are, are endless. I'm uh, that you know we've got we've got the whole fall ahead, the autumnal season ahead of us, just to just to let this flower and figure it all out. And uh, I'm gonna have some uh, some fun along the way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I feel like you're the closest thing that the NBA has to like a maester. A Game of Thrones style maester, where you're like a human repository of all the NBA information that you could want. But particularly, like if you needed really specific information about like why uh, some kind of managerial move was made in 1993, I feel like you could do that for almost any, like uh, an entertaining three paragraph essay on almost any roster move from the last 35 years. Okay, try try me. Pick a name. Okay. I'm, I'm in front of the Pro Sports Transaction website. Just pick a name and we'll pick a train. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'll, I'll just talk like a madman because I'm unemployed. All right. Let's try Horace Grant signing with the Orlando Magic in the summer of 1993. In the summer of 94? You mean? 94. Sean? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's part of a book, but that's the integral piece of the Chicago Bulls driven out not only uh, uh, by, by because he had the temerity to stand up to an owner that he didn't like, um, but also just sort of the breakdown of the triangle as, as, as we once knew it and also the Bulls defense as we once knew it. Because Dennis Rodman, while a brilliant defender in his own right, a fantastic rebounder, could not defend in the way that Horace Grant is. Horace Grant, perhaps more than any other player of that era, would translate to this era so well. He'd have that three-point shot figured out by the end of his second year. He'd be fantastic right now. And Orlando was, was a franchise on the make. They had to make a move. They'd taken forever to figure out Brian Shaw. That was their previous big free agent guy. But Brian Shaw is Brian. Shaw. Horace Grant is a three-time champion, guys. A three-time champion. <laughs> so, yeah, he and Janet Reinsdorf did not get on well, and it was sort of a passive-aggressive relationship, and Horace had watched uh, Reinsdorf sort of be paternal in his dealings with people as disparate as John Paxson and Michael Jordan and even Bill Cartwright. Had all of them walking away from dealings with Reinsdorf you know, wondering, yeah, they got the contract they wanted, but Reinsdorf kind of made him feel skeevy about it in the end. So, he didn't really stand up and talk to Reinsdorf, but he, you know, sort of made his feelings known by uh, by jumping to 
Orlando late in the offseason, super late, so it all spelled like fresh news when Sports Illustrated put him on the cover of the magazine and their NBA preview that oh, year. Can you believe right. that? Horace Grant, of all people, not a Jordan. So that's what we had to look forward to is Horace Grant in Orlando. Was the, uh, just, it, it, was a, it was a movie and a shaker, but that's what the NBA was like back then with someone like Horace Grant, this you know proto-Uber mix of, of uh, you know Kevin Garnett and Robert Ory, but in a more spinely sort of 80s form, can shake the NBA like that. And that's, that's how it was. Was in the in the middling era, but uh, yes, it was a fine move, and he played very well. And 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 the Orlando Magic beat the Chicago Bulls in the '95 playoffs as a result of his uh, playmaking and shooting ability, not to mention defense. And uh, the Bull, the Magic seemed fit to give the Bulls a little bit of challenge the next year when Horace Grant was injured in the first game of the Kindy Six Conference Finals, knocking him out for the rest of the series. That a series that Chicago would sweep in four games. So uh, Chicago kind of got their revenge in that form after Horace had been literally carried off the United Center floor after the '95 playoff conquest. Wow. So uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty solid signing. I don't have the terms in front of me though on this website. So uh, your SOL on that, but the rest of it you can use. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, I w- what I will say is you did forget to mention that he was one of uh, Sam Smith's main sources in the Jordan rules. Sam Smith's sources were multiple. They did not start in Jordan, <laughs> but yes, he was. He was a huge, huge part of that. He was. He was an angry, uh, angry young man. <laughs> As, but, as one would be when you were, have to wear a t-shirt all the time that says real men wear red. I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, I, did, I got in that Robert Evans impersonation, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sean, should we call it? Should we play our game? Let's go to the game. Let's do it. All right. I haven't looked at the poll recently, but I know it was last week's was very close. It was very close. Uh, as always, for those, if you're listening for the first time, guys, we play a game called What Are They Doing Right Now? Where we pick an NBA personality, if you will, and we decide what they're doing right now. We give you three options. Then you go to our Twitter, roundrockpod at gmail. gmail uh, it's not an email. What am I doing? You go to our Twitter, round, ball, round Rock Pod, at Round Rock Pod, Jesus Christ, and uh, vote for what you think that person is doing right now. And last week, because we had Zach Harper on and he was plugging his show where they watch Supermarket Sweep, we asked, what is Supermarket Sweep host David Ruprecht doing right now? <laughs> and what one is he's arguing, he's in a... 10 items or less line, and he's arguing that five hams, five turkeys, and five garden hoses are actually three items. And that one, so Zach Harper is now 1-0, and oh, fly the W, Dubaroo. Well, good job, but, Zach. Way to go. Yeah. Also, wow, go to his... Dumb, yeah, and I'm, we're going to a show tonight. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, but... Wait, so my the, guess wasn't right? That he's awkwardly trying to take a selfie at Mar-a-Lago right now? <laughs> he's um, got, he has kind of an amazing career, David Ruprecht. Yeah, we, he played Thurston Howell the fourth on the Harlem Globetrotters uh, meet Gilligan's Island. Oh, so he's definitely, yeah. this is a basketball-related topic, officially. 
I would have thought they that he was who was playing Curly Neal, but I guess not. All right. Um, <laughs> guys, this week's question for you, Kelly Dwyer, and you, Sean Keen, is he's been in the news. What is LeBron James doing right now? Ooh. Do you guys want me to go first? Yeah, will you go first, Joey? Yeah, I think he is drinking an expensive glass of wine and practicing an Instagram story in the mirror that he's going to post later. (laughs) 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 Come on, man. Come on, man. Look good, feel good. Look good, feel good. So I, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's like uh, still a little stung by Steph Curry making fun of him lip syncing that song and working out and dancing. So he's trying to go back a little further in the in the internet. So he's 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 gonna go back, and I think we're gonna see. He's just workshopping with his team right now whether he should he should do planking. Um, whether he should do a no pants subway ride, but I think he's gonna settle on being the subject of an improv everywhere video, and they're planning it right now. So, like a retro thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like so was, I think that's the next big thing is going that that you know that two thousand five, two thousand six early YouTube New York era. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. That's super smart. That's anticipating something we never yeah. thought of. Yeah. You know, like get Chelsea Peretti or something, all the old, you know, make us use I'm sorry to beard or something like that. You know, make everyone look like it's 2006 again. Brilliant. Go for it, LeBron. <laughs> so, Sean, you think he's joining improv everywhere? I think he's going to join. He's going to take his talents to improv everywhere. <laughs> he can be resuming, excuse me, his uh, membership in improv everywhere. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He tried, he was, that, that, he, that password comes up on the browser. Yeah. <laughs> He's always been like a producer there, obviously. But <laughs> all right, Kelly, what do you think LeBron James is doing right well, we this minute? Joke around, but we all know what he's doing. It's what we're all doing. We're celebrating the anniversary as LeBron, a noted Chicago Cubs fan, is of the night that the lights went up in Wrigley Field. I am not <laughs> a Chicago fan, but I hold no antipathies for the franchise for the seminal date in their history. And LeBron James is no doubt on the, oh, God, let's see, how old am I? On the 14th anniversary on August 8th of uh, 2003 and definitely not 1988. He's celebrating the, the fine work that day as the, the Cubs in a rainout game. He's, he's wondering, uh, he's looking at the YouTube clips and, and thinking about Morgana running on the field to kiss Ryan Sandberg. He's wondering why Morgana. <laughs> doesn't run on the court anymore she seems like she would be perfect for this sort of thing at the very least you know she would have someone she could sell the name to and make some bank off of that all of a sudden you're planting a bus on Stephen curry and you're a millionaire come on that's that's where his mind's going on on 8 8 2017 morgana i like it (laughs) so is lebron james check our twitter at round ball rock round god uh at round ball rock for that poll, when this uh, shows up, is LeBron James practicing an IG story in the mirror, uh, <laughs> joining improv everywhere, or celebrating <laughs> the anniversary of the lights going up in Wrigley Field? <laughs> you guys, that's our show. It's time to plug 
Kelly, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, upcoming podcast with uh, Jeff Tate is going to be dope as hell. Uh, as yet unnamed, but uh, it's going to it's going to be a lot to it. We're going to we're we, we've got a lot in the can so far, and uh, yeah, it will be uh, bigger and better and onward and steady on and all that. Uh, follow me on Twitter, KD on Hoops. God damn it! <laughs> uh, I this is the probably the most embarrassing thing a stepdad could say, but. I've just now started to take Instagram kind of seriously, so you can follow me at those uh, that same setup. And uh, as always, I, I just appreciate you having me on to let me ramble on a on a glorious uh, uh, suburban Tuesday. I've got it is admit, Tuesday, right? I think it's Tuesday. Yes, it Tuesday. is. Okay. I've got to admit, Kelly, I've been reading your name as K Don Hoops. Everyone does my okay. entire really? life. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were just. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I thought it was a bit, too. I gave you credit for the bit. No, no, I'm an idiot. Yep, oh, I mean, that is, that is 80% <laughs> of my bits, is me being an idiot. But that was real. Wow, I'm an idiot. All right. Sean, what would you like to plug? Um, You can check out check out the Everything Report. That's uh my Instagram news show. And uh, this week, you can see me being extremely nerdy about the Lord of the Rings films, but I think yep, not books, HBO. sorry, not, not films, books. That's on it's a new level of nerd. Yeah, and it's on a joke I co-wrote, so nice. you should watch the Everything Report uh, oh. for me as well. Yeah, there's also oh. some breaking news that Steven Jackson was named the Big Three Player of the Week for his 52-minute, 25-point <laughs> performance this week. Uh, they did not win, yeah. however, they did not win. So, uh, trilogy it, for you, big three heads out there. Uh, the one and two seeds have been clinched by Al Harrington's trilogy team and Richard Lewis's uh, three headed uh, monsters. Oh, but, God. Both those guys graduated high school the same year as me. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Lewis is legitimately unstoppable in that league. Uh, they just play him and Mahmoud Abdul Rauf together. Oh, my God. And... I got to watch this. And no, he's, no, I have kids. He's such a money shooter. Well, actually, you can only they condense the games. You can see him on FS1 on oh. Monday nights, and they're they're not too long. Well, I mean, we're plugging other Steven things. Jackson's Let me go in, in a... for uh, the Everything Report as well, which uh, I've, I've giggled away many an afternoon on. It, oh, good. It's, it's a wonderfully written and 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 it's a wonderful look at show, and it also makes me laugh. Oh, great! Love it. Well, thanks, Kelly. Um, and for me, as always. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where, again, I'm worried about my tweets as Frankie Muniz because I haven't tweeted in five days. Uh So I hope I'm okay. But I'll read an oldie but a goodie, uh, which is... Shit. Um, uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, On 10-21-15... At my Twitter handle, at Frankie Muniz, I tweeted, <laughs> I lost my tortoise. Devastated. Oh, so that's why my dad was so depressed on his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been our show. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Thanks Sean. As always, trust, trust the, the process. process. And the timeline. Shut it down. Let's go home. Freestyle <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm here for the Raiders, baby, more. I 
need drinks. Most shots. Yeah. Yeah. Falling over, man. Need more blocks. Yeah. Right. Don't know what a block is. That's a big chick. Yeah. I need four of them. I like big chicks. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting here. Yeah. Me and my homie. Yeah. I don't care, man. I ain't got no money. Right. So I ain't paying nothing. <laughs> Just to let you know. Oh. I ain't got no dough. So Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.